He's back like a bad rash. Legendary broadcaster, Drew Marshall. Tim, you've got to get a Tom Petty song in, Lickety Split, because when did Tom die again, was it? It was Monday. Monday. It was the, the Las Vegas thing happened late Sunday night, and then he died, well, technically in the morning of Monday, but eventually was pronounced dead later that night. Wow, wow. Quite a week in the news, lots of things happening, and of course, uh, Tom Petty gone at the age of 66, 66, was it? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to The Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. Up next is the anchor man for this Thanksgiving Day show. He's known as sort of the the grandpa of gratitude. I love that. Brother David Steindl-Rast. He is a Benedictine monk. He is co-founder of gratefulness.org. He is an author. He is 91 years old, and he is in Vienna, Austria right now. Uh, Brother David. How are things with you? Right now over there it is, what, 8 o'clock at night? Wonderful. Thank you, too, and thank you for inviting me to the show, and happy Thanksgiving Day. I understand this is Thanksgiving Day in Canada. Wow, you said happy Thanksgiving before I could say happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, way to go. Thank you for for joining us. Uh, Obviously, you know, everybody wants to talk to you about gratefulness, but I, I actually, I'm not sure if I want to talk to you about gratefulness. Can I talk to you about some other things as well, Brother David? That would be very refreshing. I would enjoy that. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Let's talk about uh, being in your 90s. Now that you are in your 90s, if you had a microphone to tell the entire world one thing, what would it be? I would say, fear not. Fear not. Because all the things that we don't want in our world come from fear. Ultimately, everything that's bad can be traced back to fear. And all that's good is courage. And I want to encourage everybody for the future. Here is something that I think I've always wanted to ask a Benedictine brother in in his 90s. Do you have any regrets at all in your life? Well... Uh, there are always things, as one looks back, there are always things that one wishes one had done differently. But as I look at it, even the things that I didn't do right led me to where I am now, and for this I'm very grateful, and so I'm glad for everything that happened. Okay, you know, something that that I like to do is when somebody comes on to speak about what they're known for, and that is, in your case, uh, gratefulness, I want to go the other direction. So what I want to know, Brother David, is when was the last time you were depressed or sad or very dark? There was much 
much oh. to do that was made of Mother Teresa's say, Dark Night of the Soul. What what about yours? Well, you don't have to take a big word like the Dark Night of the Soul, but I have had depressions all my life, every so often. Fortunately, very short ones. And uh, I would say the last one was somewhere within the last two months. Uh, usually they last only a day or two, uh, but... Uh, anybody who knows depression knows it's pretty pretty uncomfortable. Uh, and it's very difficult to say what triggers it. Uh, but at any rate, if I'm depressed, I tell myself, wait it out. And I go for walks. That is always helpful. And I do everything normally. I don't allow myself to change my schedule. It's a normal schedule and especially walks and waited out but that's all i can do so way back when you came to america to get rich do you remember when you decided to come to america to, to become wealthy and make make a lot of money do you remember that <laughs> i do remember <laughs> um what if you never became a monk what would you be doing in your life if you never became a benedictine monk and maybe you became rich. What other direction do you think your? I know it's hard to answer that kind of a question, but what direction do you think your life well, might have taken? Uh, well, concretely, uh, one possibility was that I would work uh, with a cousin of mine who had an advertising agency, and I had gone to art school, and so I enjoyed uh, drawing. And uh, at one point, I was even thinking of working for him. And he was very interested in that, too. So that would have been possibly, if I was very lucky, even an opportunity to get rich. But at any rate, something other than being a monk. Yeah, yeah. Brother uh, brother David, it's 8 o'clock in the evening, 8.15 in the evening in Vienna right now. When you're done this interview, what will you do? I will go to evening prayers uh, on uh, Saturdays, our evening prayer is already at 9 in the evening because it's a little longer and we prepare for the s following Sunday. And it's uh, I like the one on, sa on Saturdays very much. Uh, all is just candlelight, no other light but candlelight, and we chant and we meditate, uh, and it's just a great preparation for Sunday. When I finished walking the Camino last year, I then flew to an island and stayed at a Benedictine monastery. And the first thing that, that I became aware of was how all of the, the brothers, all of the monks, they need to sing because there's a lot of singing. These guys sing every day in so many songs. And Brother David, can you sing? I enjoy singing. Uh, uh, my voice isn't any more what it used to be, but I <laughs> still like to sing, and I still sing loudly and with gusto. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. That's great. Brother David, I, I talk a lot on my show about my frustration with the invisible God. And right away, we have to define, what do I mean by God? And is God really invisible? Isn't there other ways that God shows up? And I, I get there's a great dialogue that happens within that context, but I want to know about your experience, Brother David, have you ever tangibly experienced or encountered 
God. You know, maybe it was in St. Peter's Barn at Mount Savior Monastery in New York. Well, I tell you, uh, the way I understand it, I've never stopped experiencing God. Everything we experience is God. Everything uh, that happens to us moment by moment is what you might call a word of God. Uh, But of course, that means that you must have a somewhat different notion of what you mean by God from what most people think. For most people, God is somebody. Uh, Somebody uh, who sits somewhere up in heaven and keeps track of what we are doing. And uh, it's a kind of super Santa Claus uh, who knows if we are good or bad, so we're good for goodness sake, this sort of thing. (laughs) But I understand it. God is that great mystery towards which we humans are going. Uh, as the um, St. Paul in the, in the New Testament says, in God, in God we live and move and have our being. In God we live and move and have our being. We are not in God like the fishes in the ocean. We are in God like the, the drop of water is in the ocean. Wow. Wow. You know, when I think about the people that I have deep conversations with about spiritual issues, um, Christian mysticism seems to come into the conversation at some point. It seems to have made a resurgence. Why is there such a renewed interest in the old ways? I mean, I think people think that Christian mysticism is new, but it's not new. It's one of these things that are so old that people want to come back to it again, maybe. Why is there a resurgence in Christian mysticism? I think the resurgence is an answer to the fact that uh, in the not-so-distant past, uh, in the Catholic Church, there was a great deal of emphasis on morals and uh, uh, rituals. Not that they are wrong, but there was a great skepticism against experience, spiritual experience. Uh, And on the other hand, everything that is really interesting in religion is the experience. So many people have been looking elsewhere, say to Buddhism or Hinduism or Sufism, uh, for, for spiritual experience. And then they discovered, we have had it in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, in, the, in many of the Christian churches, from the, from the very beginning. Right. Uh, but we needed that push from the outside to wake up to our own heritage. Right, right. Okay. I want to be careful of how much time we interview you because I don't want to go over our time. So I've got a couple of more questions I want to ask, and then I'll finish with one question about gratefulness. That way we don't have to talk about gratefulness again and again and again and again. Okay. But now that we are here, don't be too concerned with the time. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. You know, forgive me, but I'm scared 
because you're 91, and all I want to know is, how are you? How's your health? How are you doing? Well, I'm very, very grateful because I'm really well. I'm not sick. I don't have to take any medication. Uh, being 91 gives you some problems <laughs> with stiffness in the morning. Uh, it's a bit of acrobatics until you get into your underwear. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, that's great! Yes. <laughs> get going, it's all right. I take an awful lot of vitamins and supplements, but fortunately, no uh, medication, and that's a great gift. Wow. Okay, so the secret, what's the secret? You know, there, listen, I'm I'm 50 years old, and, and I'm already experiencing acrobatics getting into my underwear. <laughs> you know, I think there is no secret. The secret is that uh, it's a pure gift from life, and I'm grateful for it every day and every hour and every moment. Beautiful. Brother David, spiritual heroes, can you tell me two or three people, they don't have to be famous, just two or three people who had the most profound spiritual impact on you? Well, the first that comes to my mind is my grandmother. Uh, she was a great inspiration to me, uh, and she was truly a, a, a woman of great love and concern and great energy and always concerned for her family and also a deeply spiritual person. And by spiritual person, I simply mean alive on all levels. Uh, what uh, we mostly stress when we say spiritual, that she was also alive and, and alert to that great mystery, as I said, in which our whole life is embedded. Mm -hmm. She was truly a woman of prayer, and, uh, and, and she got all the strength for her life out of that prayer and of that connection to God. All right. And who would be another one? And by the way, let me just remind our listeners, we're just on the line here with with uh, Brother David Steindl-Rast. He is a Benedictine monk. He is the co-founder of Gratefulness.org. A great spiritual influence on you, Brother David, was your grandmother. And, and who else? Well, if you want some famous people, Martin Buber. I never knew Martin Buber personally, but his writings um, had a great influence on me, and especially the idea that we can have this personal relationship to God, uh, that the moment we say I, we have already presupposed the great you, the great thou, as he calls it, uh, that we call God, because that is very important to me. Otherwise, the idea that in God we live and move and have our being uh, would lack the personal relationship that we can have to God. But that is the great mystery. We are embedded in God, and yet we can re be related to God. We can speak to God. We can trust God. We can call to God. That, right. uh, that is a very important aspect, and Buber stressed that very much. 
Well, of course, his great book, I and Thou, is uh, it needs to be on everyone's bookshelf. Uh, I would recommend that you can still get it. Go to Amazon, I and Thou. Uh, but, of course, while you're on Amazon, there is an author who has written some other uh, seminal pieces of work. Uh, Brother David Steindl Rast, he's on the line with us here all the way from Vienna. Uh, he is a Benedictine monk. He is the co-founder of Gratefulness.org. And it's time, just briefly before we say goodbye, to talk about gratefulness. I have not written down or formulated any question about gratefulness yet because, Brother David, I've been in a very dark place uh, for a number of months. Very sad, very depressed, uh, very broken. And and I at this point, I don't like the word gratefulness. I don't get excited about it. I was listening to some of the interviews that people had done with you. It wasn't getting through to me. It wasn't penetrating my soul. I just seem to have this sort of dark barrier around me that, that seems to keep deflecting light. Um, so what do you say to somebody like myself who is right now currently in that state of mind, in that state of being? I mean, you certainly can't say to somebody, well, just be grateful. Can you? <laughs> well, I was just going to say that's the last thing I would tell you, be grateful. However... Uh, on the other hand, I would be very respectful because knowing what a difficult situation uh, depression is, I, I have great respect for people who have to go through that experience. But <clears throat> for, uh, for everybody who has difficulty with gratefulness, probably the most important thing to remember is that we are not grateful for things or for happenings. We are always grateful for opportunity. There's only one thing that one is always grateful for, and that is opportunity. And most of the time, it is the opportunity to enjoy. Uh, and only when we start uh, watching for the opportunities do we notice how often Moment by moment, life gives us the opportunity to enjoy, to enjoy breathing, to enjoy walking, to enjoy uh, sunshine or rain or weather in general. Uh, most of the time, it's the opportunity to enjoy. But now and then, the opportunity is for something more difficult. For instance, the opportunity to grow. Uh, grow by our experience. Uh, growing causes us growing pain or the opportunity to learn something new. Uh, if we are depressed, we are learning uh, how difficult that is and we are learning patience with other people who are depressed and sometimes we even learn um, uh, something to share with them in order to help them, especially people near to us. Right. Or the opportunity to protest, we shouldn't overlook that. That is a very important opportunity in our time when we are confronted with things like uh, violence uh, or, or other things that, we, that ought not to be. We can protest, we can stand on our own two feet, and not only in public life, but also in private. Uh, we can draw the line and say this is enough but well, those are difficult opportunities to take the point is that moment by moment life offers us 
always a new opportunity. And if you miss this one, life is so generous that you get another one the next moment. And uh, trusting in life that this, uh, that life will give us always opportunities, always what we exactly need, not always what we want. That is that trust in life, which is exactly the opposite of fear. And we started out by you asking me, what would I tell people? And I said, fear not. Fear not, but trust in life. That is uh, the recipe for joy, for joy in life. Yes, yes. Very, very well said. Uh, listen, I, I have to thank you. I want to thank you for for being the kind of man who has laid his life down for others and has done so in a way that is not looking for attention or for uh, for praise. Your humility and your wisdom is a rare, rare thing in this world. And so from someone who is suspicious of people's agendas, I smell no agenda on you, except except the agenda of gratefulness, the agenda of lifting the burden from others. That's the only thing I smell from you. Well, you are very, very kind, Drew, and uh, I appreciate your perspective. <laughs> it's, it's all uh, in the eyes of kindness and love that you paint my picture, but I would also want to thank you because uh, running a show like that is not an easy thing. And you are doing a lot for many, many people. So when you feel a little depressed, maybe that will give you encouragement. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Your words meant a lot to me, and they got through. So thank you, Brother David. Uh, happy Canadian Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy your evening thank prayers you. and service. Thank you. And all the best and the blessings for Thanksgiving Day also to you all the way from Austria to Canada. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good night.